Good evening, everyone. Tonight is February 3rd, Wednesday night. It's the event preview for the second annual Last Gear Standing event. This is Andrew Drummond, joined with co-race director Monty McIndo. Good evening, Monty. How are you doing? Doing well, Andrew. How are you? I'm great, especially knowing that the weather is in our favor this weekend. We'll be talking with meteorologist Charlie Lepresti to give us the full details um, on this weekend's event. We were following storm systems coming through. It looked like it was going to be some rain, and right now it's looking like some snow Friday night and maybe something coming up on Sunday. But I'll let Charlie talk about that, and I won't speculate. Um, that will be on the end of this podcast, so if you do want to hear more about the weather, just hang tight. Now, this weekend's event kicks off 10 a.m. on Saturday. We have a stacked field and today we were out there at Black Mountain doing a little course preview, trying to figure out if we had to make any route modifications and what did we find? We find we might have to do some route modifications. So we have a, a loop to start out with uh, through, the, um, through the field around the tow rope. Have a, I was put in charge of finding possible names for this, this new, new uh, segment. Came up with uh, some real beauty. So you ready for them? All right. The number one is the the Audrey Meadows. Right? You know, sorry. So that's... So dating dating yourself on that one. The Jughead. Okay. I mean... You know who Jughead is, right? closer. Sally Field. (laughs) Buffalo Girls. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. (laughs) Or Farmer in the Dell. I like that one. All right. So the Farmer in the Dell loop. We have that, then you get basically go up the same route, uh, lookers right, skiers left, up to the summit. All right. Well, I guess before we really delve into some of the course changes, we talk about the event in general. There's a lot of people that are either first timers, never evers, who have never even heard about this event that are probably listening. But this is a last person standing format event that's been borrowed from ultra running where you do one lap on this course every hour until there's one person left. And that one person is the finisher. And we did this last year on a whim. Great idea from Jed Wilbur, who participated in Bubba's Backyard Ultra. Side note, our Bubba's Backyard Ultra registration will go live after this event finishes. So we'll have have a note in there. Right. But let's be clear. So a lot of people ask this question, can I do more than one lap if I want to? The answer is no. You have to be there at the start of the hour for the start of the lap or you're out. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. I don't. We don't want to overcomplicate this one lap on the course every hour. Now, last year we had multiple divisions. We had the Schemo division that had an extra little boot pack. And this course at Black Mountain is about 1,000 vertical feet. And the boot pack added in not only some more vertical feet, but extra time with transitions and it took a little more effort to get up yes. this, this glade. It right. wasn't an ideal boot pack. Right. And this year, we want to even things out in, in terms of just everyone doing the same course and right. not having to separate the, the people with lightweight gear from the heavyweight gear, but we can recognize those that finish in, in each category as needed. But we just want this to be as simple as possible. And yes, gear matters. I mean, that's unfortunate side of it but you know if you want the gear you can maybe hunt that down for future editions of this event right well now that that's out of the way uh you know the whole point of this podcast is talk a little bit about what to expect 
go into some of the field who's showing up, crunch some numbers as Monty always does. And uh, of course, like any changes and things that we're going to do differently that we learned from last year and apply it apply it to this year because last year was definitely a big exper- uh, experiment. And if we re- recall that, there was a lot that went great. Yep. It was a very cold Friday night leading into the event, and it was a very long 34-plus hours yeah. of eventing. And the Saturday night was cold, too. Yeah. Relatively speaking, less cold than that Friday night. It was about as cold as it got the, the last winter. So this year, what do we have? We've got, we increased the field. We opened it up. Yeah, we, uh, given the demand for events this year and, and hosting outdoor events with the pandemic going on, it didn't doesn't really change things too much. We've been hosting events throughout the summer and the fall and this winter with Friday Night Lights. And I think we think we can do it safely, so that's why we're doing it. We have two tents, yep. two event tents. The tents were really nice last year, uh, especially with the cold. We had some heaters in there. And in order to space everyone out adequately, you know, it'll be warm during the day. And as the field drops, we'll be able to space people out. And and that will be a great place for people to stage their their stuff. Because not everyone's going to have access to their car or want to go all the way to their vehicle. It's a tight... If, if you take it the course at a at a pace, it's, it's not a race pace. But if you take it to get done with time to do your transition and hydrate and eat... You're in the between 40 and 50 minutes getting done with it. So you have 10 minutes. So even a, a minute or two getting back and forth to the car is a lot of the free time you have available. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of strategy, a lot of planning that goes into this. And you got to be prepared um, to make the most out of that downtime. Uh, and, you know, we got rid of the category for the, the relay. We didn't think that was necessary. We had that in as a way to keep the event going because we were concerned that maybe it isn't going to go 24 hours yeah. or it's going to be hard to get people to motivate and it'd just be good to have people on the course. And clearly that wasn't the case last year. How many people made it 24 hours? Um, it's got to be in the teens. Yeah. Something like that. I think so. We definitely, we definitely had some, some strong uh, results last year. So no need for the teams. And again, we got the, the, the team, the relay teams got bored. The relay teams got so bored that they ended up, I think the majority of the, re, I think three out of the four relay teams did it. Both team members did every single lap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't blame them. That's a lot, you know, a lot of people out there having fun. You're feeling fresh. You want to get out and, and participate as well. And I'm just pulling up the results from last year as far as 24 hours. Actually, we had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Felt like more people made it, but I'm thinking of Sunrise. Yeah. So Sunrise, that was that was a little more, let's see here, 17. So yeah, that was, you know, add on another five people or so. And looking at this field that's coming in, it's, uh, you know, by the numbers. We like to break it down, see who we're dealing with. Uh, if we're looking at right now, so this is interesting. We've got 90 participants and... How many people are coming back from last year? There are 24 repeat event. <laughs> yeah, so people. we have some veterans veterans coming back. Um, the, a, the top dogs are coming back. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We got um, first DNFer, Kanoa King in the infamous battle with Rick Chalmers. <laughs> Rick, yeah. And for those that didn't weren't here last year, I mean, that would look like it. There was no end in sight. We did a whole podcast on that if you want to dig back into the the archives. But 
it was it was these two duking it out. They, they next thing you know, it's dark out. Where we had to reset the lights on Sunday, and it didn't seem like it was going to end. And it was a slug. It was a slugfest with no neither of them showing any signs of weakness. So that that was like, you know, for us as event directors, learning from last year's event. We'll talk a little bit about like what's changing and and this year, Monty and I are going to sleep a little bit. That's going to be new this year. <laughs> We're not just going to try to push through like you guys and suffer the whole time because we need to we need to have half of our wits to keep this thing going smoothly. And last year, we it was just no one was prepared. The ski the medics weren't prepared. They were up at the top shack with no food, no water, no yeah. cell phone chargers. Yeah. And then, uh, we were, we were out of our minds. And, uh, so that's, that's one thing that's definitely going to change. Um, what else is, what else did we learn from, from last year? You know, cause if you look back on it, we were just kind of doing this on a whim. Um, the value of heat was huge. Like keeping that tent warm running through pro, propane yeah we we burnt a lot more so propane is going to be an important thing keeping it warm the hydration is important the the warm drink the warm tang was new to me i think that was a brought into me last year um just like the the after you know the 20 hour mark of the 24 hour mark getting something warm and different tasting than you've been eating you know bars go old after a while the gels of snacks at certain points you want real food and then you dig back in so i think there are a bunch of good takeaways the um we're gonna do try and do a better job of making sure that the tents are airproofed for the lack of a better term with the the tops and the bottoms so we have a, a crew that's doing that this on friday and um it's just like the the like Andrew said that after a while the you know the the clock's ticking by and you need to make sure that you get all the timing correct for people coming in. So it's just we have a the things that we learned. Some of them are small, but some of them are you know it was it doesn't seem like it was a year ago that this thing happened for the first time and now it's back and it was a real nail biter coming in thinking the the weather was going to become a, a huge issue or that there wasn't going to be any snow. So the snow over the past couple of days really took a, a lot of pressure off from the event and the, the course itself. Absolutely. There was a lot of anxiety, just not knowing if we could run this to the top and how could we switch up the course or make it somehow replicate the effort it takes to go to the summit. But it's really nice. A round number, 1,000 vertical feet, then yeah. we can start to equate that into the six-lap club, Mount Washington, 14 laps for Rainier, 20 laps for Denali, 29 laps for Everest. And, you know, being prepared for this to go longer, that's that's important that people clear their Monday schedules because there's a, like we said, there's a big field of, of participants coming. Some more numbers from from this year. We got five participants under the age of 20, and then just a few over the age of 50. So I was expecting some more 50, 50 plus. You know, we had people drop out just because of COVID restrictions and injuries and illnesses, which is a real bummer. And of this 90 that register, there's probably be five to 10 that won't show up. Yeah. Just the numbers game happens with every event. So we'll probably have like a field in the 80s and um, that will be more than enough. I think for an event like this and as participants drop down it, that our job becomes a little bit easier. I don't know the way, uh, the thing I appreciate about these events is that they, they take care of themselves. So 
as the as the numbers are really big, it's like the, everyone, all the participants take care of each other, and as they go, as they shrink, we all the volunteers and stuff really help um, do our best to take care of their participants. Yeah, I mean, our our job or our function is to try and get people to go for as many laps as they possible can in a safe manner. And that's a big takeaway. Everyone thinks this event might be about winning or, and finishing and, and doing some absurd number of laps, but I think it's all about personal bests and pushing yourself. And that's the big takeaway is that everyone that does this event usually comes away with something bigger, some bigger achievement than they've ever done before. And that's, that's really special. I think that's every, that's some, something for people to strive for and look into the, some of these ultra events as this really great mechanism, this tool to get you to, to dig deep and reach like these untapped, untapped performances. Yeah. So the, the the main takeaway from the past we've done now, this will be our fourth ultra event, right? We did two Bubba's in the last year standing, but the main takeaway I've heard from talking to the participants in it is if they set a goal in mind, like I want to do five laps or I want to do 10 laps and they do the 10 laps when they get done with the 10th lap at a certain point, they shut down and their body shuts down. And then what I've heard is from you know, probably 10 or 12 participants is they get in their car and they said, I could have done more. And it leaves them with a feeling like, why didn't I, that's what I'm here for. Why didn't I do more? So the people who have done really well in this, when you ask them in the beginning of the race, like how many laps do you think you're going to do? They say, you know, I don't know. I'm going to go until I figure it out. And then when I feel like I can't do any more, I'm going to do a couple more. There's always a new a new goal. And I think people are a lot more capable than they think they are in terms of their ability to endure and to, to drive themselves. And the, the, you know, the goals they set are, I think they should be flexible and dynamic and, you know, and keep it, keep an open mind to doing one more. Cause your body's going to tell you multiple times during the event, stop doing this. And going back to Bubba's one last thing that one thing that we saw, we saw a lot more participants go out for that last lap and fail at that lap rather than not even start that lap. So you'll see a skier will come down 40 minutes. They got 20 minutes to go for their next lap and they just tap out. They say I'm done. And I just, I don't buy that. I feel like you at least got to get going and start the next lap. And, and hopefully that that can be the catalyst to, to get you through that next lap but you're right like mentally if you're not in it there's no chance so it all starts with mentally being in it and then having a plan and executing that plan uh talking about the course change a little bit so we're going to use the normal uphill route at black mountain which goes up it's lower black beauty to upper black beauty it's pretty straightforward there'll be there'll be signs up easy to easy to designate and then this (laughs) The farmer in the Dell. Farmer in the Dell loop. The farmer in the Dell loop. That's just a that's just a time suck more than anything. It's gonna go up around the rope toe, drop back down. So you're gonna lose some elevation there, and then you're gonna go around the perimeter of the field. It's gonna be beautiful. Be a nice tour in in the field where the the Scottish Highland cows were all summer and grazing. Great, great for the spectators. It'll be great for the spectators. They'll spread people out. We'll have triple wide tracks, and. Uh, and I think that that's going to be a great a great addition to the course. It's going to get everyone warmed up for the the real climbs, and then uh, how often we do it and use it, I don't know. I love that. Like about this event, racers' discretion, sort of figure it out, see how things are going. New this year, 
we're gonna have some sponsored laps i think that we'll we did the cash lap once last year yeah we'll keep it fun so the longer in it the more chance you have at winning some fun prizes and keeping your keeping your brain stimulated we've got let's see here so locally tuckman brewery the Tuckerman Brewery Lab will have something, some prize pack from them. They're generous enough to jo- to donate some items. We also have Princeton Tech Headlamps. They yep. sponsored the event last year. They're, they've been really supportive in what we do with our Friday Night Lights. Bubba's uh, lights are critical for this event. So yeah. if you don't have a good headlamp, Princeton Tech is a great place to start. And we've got headlamps at Ski the Whites online in the shop as well. We also have, let's see here, Arcade Belts. It's going to be a new partnership with them. We're hopefully lining up some some custom Ski the Whites belts for next year. But in the meantime, they were generous enough to donate some some stragglers, some belts that were here yep. that were intended for an AVI course that never made it there. But anyway, that's that's a happy accident right there. Craft Sportswear, last year's title sponsor, of course, great to have them as always contributing we have a bunch of outerwear from them some some headbands we'll, we'll find it some more maybe some puffy jackets some yep. ski the whites puffy jackets there's gonna be some nice oh, craft, yeah. craft sportswear merch the sweatshirts are incredible and fisher skis fisher's one of the title sponsors they really support what we do here at ski the whites and it doesn't to no one surprise they've got a a really nice gift card for that last skier standing so that'll be a nice carrot to flash at some point during the event uh, Ski the White's Coffee Company, of course, have to plug Ski the White's Coffee. We got the Midnight Grind Lap. That's going to be a fun <laughs> one. So if you make it to, uh, well, that's going to be hour 14, somewhere in there for the participants. So coffee, very appropriate for that lap. And then I guess if we're still talking about sponsors, Athletic Brewing, they're going to be there as well. And they're going to have a tent. And they're also helping pay for our tent. Yes. So it's very generous of them. Um, very we, supportive. Yeah, we didn't really, we didn't go all out with the sponsors this year. I didn't think we needed to. Um, I think our role of just getting the event, got to thank Black Mountain and having the event venue. We switched the dates so that we're not butting up against President's Day weekend, which I think is a great choice. Yep. So we're going to have a less crowded mountain, but uh, more space to do stuff with. So thank you, Black Mountain. And of course, the Black Mountain Ski Patrol these volunteers, are, they're, you'll, you'll see them out there. They're up there all night working shifts, and they've been, incre- I mean, incredibly yeah. supportive. From, they're up there the whole time. From day one coming to this event, everything we've done with Friday Night Lights. So if you see a ski patrol out there, give them, give them a, a virtual high five. Uh, well, I think that's about, that's about it. I mean, we should maybe talk predictions. I don't want to leave this without putting um, my chips on the table. Obviously, like, you, you know, this year, I think one of the big differences, Kanoa King is going to be on some Schemo gear, some mm. lightweight gear. And if you look at that weight class, that division, we have how many in that? 16, 16, 16 in Schemo. So. Participants will be on the ultra lightweight gear, which is a, an obvious advantage. Um, we definitely have some split borders out there. We got some new names I've never heard of and then some other names that I'm very familiar with. And it's so hard. I mean, that's what I love about it. But it's so hard to call out certain people when they're on different gears, <laughs> and you just know how much that can get in their head. And I don't know. It's uh, this is one big mind game. But there's a lot of names that that pop out here. Scrolling down, Keith Lundquist, 
Um, he's a beast. Let's see, scrolling down here. We've got some women in the mix. Julia Fuller. Uh, Madeline Else, who just won the auto road race. Uh, Sarah of the Todd and Sarah. Ooh, and Kate Ashley, last minute off the wait list. She's in the mix. Victoria just got a schemo kit. Yeah, so there's Andy McGibbon, another another big time runner. Yeah. getting into the ski scene. And Ben Lane coming back. God, yeah, it's, it's <laughs> and Rem Remington who Rem Stone who did who's done a few of these events. And I mean, there's odds on all these people. Yeah, it, all I know is it'll be good company. It's going to be entertaining. Oh, Cam Mitchell split border. Uh, all right, I won't I won't bore you with too much. The thing, the thing is, is that we know where the targets are, whose backs they're on, but we also know that there's a lot of people here um, who are going to put on some incredible performances. So if you're in the area, if you're around uh, our neck of the woods, come by, come watch, cheer them on. We have Saturday Night Lights going on which is a free touring event from 6 to 8 p.m. So if you did want to come watch, you can pay $10. There's going to be pizza, and you can come hop on the same course that the participants are on. Other than that... So so the prediction part. Oh. <laughs> All right, let's... I mean, I'd rather... <laughs> rather than predict the, the winner, the I winners... Pre- right. Predict the number of laps. Number of laps. I'm going to go... I mean, 40s for sure, right? Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm hoping. It's I'm thinking it's over 40. We'll we'll plant that seed. I, I there's so many variables in this. How the weather? If you know if it's snowing, participants are getting cold. You name it. Gear failures. We'll see. All right. So what are you saying? What's your number? 42. Okay. That's just a lot of hours. I mean, I just want to say, I'd say like we were talking about this. If you kind of look at last year's going 34, Ricardo looked strong. And this is, this reminds me of Ed Clifford at uh, Bubba's. He looks strong. It's just a matter of having two people. Like you can't just have one person that's strong. You need two people that are strong. Right. And I know we'll have, we'll have two battling it out, but I mean, yeah. 40. I mean, I'm going to say 40. 40 is <clears throat> like one 40,000 vertical feet is a long, is, that's a ton of vert. Yep. It's also it's a long time to be up. So I hope someone surprises me and goes deeper than that. We're prepared for it. My Monday schedule is clear. And uh, I hope these participants, some of these top people, have cleared their schedule as well. Yeah. I'm, uh, it will, Monday will be Diane's birthday. So I'm, saying happy birthday in advance to her <laughs> and I've told her I'm going to be useless at that point. So happy birthday. Happy birthday, DMAC. <laughs> Thanks for all the help. Okay. Well wrap this up and uh, let's get Charlie Lepresti, chief meteorologist, WGME on the line. See you there. And here he is, Charlie Lepresti as, uh, as advertised. Um, Thanks for taking the time to, Talk to Monty and myself and all the listeners about this weekend's weather, which was uh, the hot topic. I think we were looking at some bad models last week, getting ahead of ourselves. And lo and behold, not as much to worry about as we uh, first thought, huh? 
Yeah, all of a sudden it starts to feel like February again, right? I mean, how bad do we need that? I mean, a lot of towns got you know, 10 to 15 inches of snow in, in the White Mountains, Western Mountains of Maine. And even uh, down in the Flatlanders, we got some snow. So uh, the cross-country and Nordic ski resorts are, are real happy going forward here. And, um, yeah, we have a few more storms possible and, you know, a lot happening. We have last year standing coming up this weekend and potentially some real big cold by this time next week. So lots on the table. Here we go, February, right? Yeah. Big, big, big improvement. I Thanks mean, for sending the snow, Charlie. Yeah, thank you. That was what we wanted to call. The, the Leprestes were floating <laughs> this, oh. overhead, and uh, all the all the skiing is very thankful now. So, yeah, and, and it's not like it's the heavy wet stuff either, too. I mean, how many how many seasons can you remember, guys, where where we have we've had these storms where they come in, they dump a fluffy snow, and it stays that way. I mean, you get some compaction here and there, but you're not, we haven't had that freezing rain layer where you get that bulletproof ice on top. And we just haven't had that this season. I mean, when it rains, it rains, but, um, but wow, we, we've lucked out as far as uh, consistency of the snow, at least um, over the last few weeks. Oh yeah. Super appreciative of that. The, the storms ending with rain with, I felt like it was, I don't know, one or two seasons ago, every storm yeah. finished yeah. with rain. Right. And, the, and then the fog it, chews up the snow. And and I was complaining today because I was out in the backcountry and at some ele- at high, higher elevations or different aspects, there was like a little crust on it. Ooh. Um, and I'm not sure. I'm not sure what that was from, if that was just from an inversion or some warming or just the way that the snow finished. But you notice it. You're out there. And, and uh, if that's all I have to be upset about, then it's a good winter so far. It is. Yeah. And, you know, we really haven't had much crust. And, and down in southern Maine here we got a little bit of we actually got a lot of sleet and freezing rain yesterday but even then it you know it warmed up enough for that that melted off a little bit today so snow's been pretty good well the listeners want to know what what is this looking like 10 a.m start saturday what are, what are we looking at coming in friday night and then uh potentially this event going the distance into sunday night right um i mean that's something we're in that forecast window where we're getting a little tighter bullseye on the on the snowfall yes and i i don't think that you know i'm not sure if this is a good thing or a bad thing for you guys but um but we're gonna get some snow friday night and and not much probably one to three inches of snow uh friday afternoon into early friday night so it's not going to stick around all night in fact the sun should be shining by the time 10 a.m kicks off for uh, for um last year standing so the sun will make an appearance it gets a little breezy on saturday but really nothing we can't handle looks pretty good. Temps will start in the 20s in the morning, which is very bearable and probably good for snow conditions. And then high temperatures will climb back into the 30s up at Black Mountain. So it looks to be a good day. If there's any complaint, maybe up, you know, 1,000, 2,000 feet, you get up a little bit. Um, you know, it might get a little breezy out there, but uh, down in the valleys, west winds only around 10 miles per hour. So it should be a, a good day there. But big fluctuations in temperatures are expected, guys, because... Um, Saturday night, it's going to get cold. I fully expect to see Monty wearing his hat with the fur and everything, that big hat he has. Oh, yeah. And I fully, yeah, I fully expect to see Andrew wearing those those down pants uh, on Saturday night as well with Lowe's <laughs> dipping in the single digits. So you guys ready for that? We are now. <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping we'd get away with a, a mild <laughs> evening. Too good to be true. Yeah, but- well, it's probably going to go from... 30s in the afternoon back down to single digits for overnight lows but that's probably not until late at night probably uh, after midnight and and to about sunrise or so so 
Um, it won't be probably as cold as last the last uh, uh, last year standing, but we should get into single digits for for lows. Okay. <laughs> taking taking notes. <laughs> get the burners going. Extra propane. Get the hot drinks. Get the hot soups. Yeah. Extra clothes. All right. Yeah. And it could be one of those nights where, where the wind just drops off completely too. So um, you might not feel it like we did last year, you know. And and the other thing that's a little bit different about this year is the evening probably just won't be quite as cold. Um, uh, you know, it's going to take a little while to get from 30s down to single digits for lows. But uh, but by Sunday, it looks like it's Sunday increasing clouds. And there probably will be a line of snow showers at least during the afternoon. You might even get a round of light snow. Uh, during the afternoon or early evening. And I can't imagine it'll be much, but maybe a coating to an inch or something like that. And we should climb back to near 30 degrees and the wind won't be an issue at all on, on Sunday. So it looks like we're in good shape there. And um, just, I know that that's the forecast for the uh, the event, but I know a lot of folks that might be out doing some skiing this Saturday and Sunday at 4,000 feet. So you get up in elevation on Saturday. We're talking single digits. So lows and highs in the valley will be in the 30s, but single digits to around 10 at 4,000 feet and colder above, of course. And the winds will be 30 to 40, uh, gusting to 50 miles per hour. And that will be out of the west on Saturday. And Sunday, the winds will be a little bit lighter. Teens, southwest winds, 30 to 40 miles per hour in the morning and diminishing to about 10 miles per hour in the afternoon. Uh, and that's at 4,000 feet. So um, colder, of course, and a little bit windier um, at like five, 6,000 feet for, for sure. But um, folks doing some skiing this weekend outside of the, the event, just prepare for, especially Saturday, being colder in elevation along with some gusty winds as well. Hmm. And then, so if we do drag into, which we think we will, into Sunday evening, when does the uh, when do the temperatures start changing, or what's going to go on the early evening into the later hours? Oh, so you're you're thinking late Sunday night and into Monday there, Monty, huh? Uh, it looks like it's going to get cold again. We should be back down in the single digits for lows, and then uh, uh, probably single digits, low teens. And then probably a lot of clouds around on Monday still. I included the chance for a snow shower that day. Now, I don't know if you guys have been following the forecast at all or even some forecast modeling, but there was a solid three days where where consensus was you're going to get two batches of energy they were going to get together to form a pretty sizable storm that could have that, that could come and get us for Sunday evening, uh, Super Bowl Sunday. And I you know, I've been talking about it for about three days. And then today it just the models completely backed off of it. And that's simply because it's going to get going just too far out into the ocean. So about 600 miles off to our east. So it's looking more and more like that storm is just not going to happen. So instead, we'll get its associated front moving through on Sunday night. And, um, you know, we'll wait for the next round, which would probably be Tuesday, guys. I think Tuesday and another shot, maybe Thursday, somewhere in there. It's tough to pinpoint the timing of these weak little impulses coming through, but I think our best chance for getting a bigger storm would probably be Tuesday of next week, which is probably good news, right? I mean, you guys probably don't want a major storm for your for your event going on Saturday and Sunday. Well, I just hope it doesn't go until Tuesday, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Well, no, I'll be the, following the, it. Well, the weather is drama, and there's going to be no shortage of that, regardless. So, if yeah. this is going to add on to the event, then so be it. It's it's because you can have it go either way. You can you can say, oh, somebody goes, oh, the weather was great and it helped me. Oh, the weather was horrible and it helped me. It's the same weather. It just depends on, you know, people. Right. 
you know, just looking at the big picture here, we've had two solid weekends of cold. I mean, last Saturday morning was very cold. You guys remember that? And then the, oh, yeah. and the, the Saturday prior, it was it was super cold. And we had that wind of, um, you know, Mount Washington, 157 miles per hour. And uh, and I'm looking at the following weekend, not this this weekend, but the weekend following the four was it the 14th, I believe was somewhere in there. Um, that's when that that um, uh, polar vortex piece could break off and get into North America, up into Canada, and Northern Plains. And if we were to see any extreme cold in our region, it would probably be in that that window there. So the reason I bring that up, guys, is we've had two solid weekends of cold wind at times, interesting weather. Uh, we get sort of a quiet weekend coming up this weekend, and then there's a very good chance we'll get back into the extreme cold the following weekend. So if if we're going to pick a weekend to do this, I think the, the people entering the event are probably going to be pretty happy with the weather heading our way for Saturday, Sunday. Nice. So that's what we like to hear. We went from one extreme, <laughs> terrified of like potential rainstorm, sleet, just miserable, to uh, not that bad. Yeah. That's a good point because we talked about it last Thursday, right? We said, hey, you know, it might be get some, might get some rain Friday evening, Friday uh, Friday night into Saturday morning, but it looks like it'll clear out during the day, and um, and that's the system we're talking about for Friday evening, and it's just looks colder. So a week later, here it is, it's just probably going to give you one to three inches of snow instead of some rain. No, <laughs> so a bonus there as well. I don't know, is that a good thing? What if you get two three inches of snow? Is is that a good thing for the um, you know, for the skin track or the uh, the skiing. I mean, I, I don't know. How, how does that play out? It's all good. It's all good stuff. You got to think if you're in the mind of a, a racer at that point that's been out there for hours and hours, a little bit of change is good. Yeah. Right. And covering up the skin track, one, it's going to give you a little better grip. Those skin tracks get pretty icy every time someone goes over it. And then for the way down, a little better skiing. Yep. Especially if like... You know, up high where they haven't blown snow, some of those turns are going to get pretty, pretty worn in. So a little bit of snow will go a long way. Um, and again, it's like it's going to be pretty comfortable weather to skin in. It's us down at the bottom that are just waiting there. Yeah, uh, that's what that's who we're really concerned about. But <laughs> I don't know. Short of short of like, I really short of like a rainstorm or ter- any extreme extreme yeah. heat, extreme cold, it'll be fine. So this is like perfect right in the in the wheelhouse of what we're looking for. So we definitely, um, definitely appreciate the update. Yeah. Always happy to help. And it's, um, it's always, it's always fun to try to zero in on, on what's going to happen for these events. And I think the weather's going to be pretty good. And, you know, by this time next week, I know we'll be talking about some cold and hopefully we'll be talking about another big storm. And even before this time next week, we, we may have already had another, um, a decent snow event where, or putting down some more snow for the glades and, and that kind of thing. So I, I've seen some of the, the pictures. It looks like the glades are in now, right, guys? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's it's looking good. We've got a solid base out there, and all these additional little storms are going to just keep helping out. So it's exciting to hear that we've got more storms tracking, more things to keep our eyes on, and not just this hurry up and wait that we dealt with all last winter. Yeah, right. And even through December this year, it was, you know, there's a lot of frustration and, you knew it was coming around at some point, and it's finally here. So hopefully we can hold on to it, and it'll warm up later in the month a little bit. But let's enjoy the good snow while we have it. Sounds good. All right. Well, thanks as always. We'll we'll check in again next week, probably Wednesday. No, yeah, Thursday. Let's check in Thursday next week. We'll recap a little bit on this event and what to expect um, 
in the next uh, next week or so following. See if that cold really does hit. All right. Well, good luck and have fun and uh, excellent and good luck to all the racers as well. And Monty and Andrew, hope you guys stay warm. Thanks, Charlie. Appreciate it. <laughs> Take care. All right. Bye. Take care. Bye.